Hi, this is Marissa Meyer. And this is Delaney. And this is Sloan. And you're listening to the Prince Kai Fan Pod. Welcome to episode 125 of the Prince Kai Fan Pod, a Marissa Meyer book club podcast where Captain is King, Marissa is Queen, and I am your host, Bethany Finger. This episode is brought to you by Rampy and Crew patron supporters. Thank you. Please welcome back Leah from YA Book Chat Podcast. Hey, everybody. So happy to be here again. I love coming here. It's always so much fun. Yay. I think you're probably my, I think I've recorded the most episodes with you. Yes. Oh, that makes me feel so good. <laughs> I really do. I think it's mostly you, especially because also like if one of if I have like a cancellation, there's like a very small group of people that I could be like, yeah, um, are you free? <laughs> and, and I am always ready to go for those cancellations. I am here. I mean, it's super easy to just like pick up, go downstairs, grab the book off of my shelf and read a couple of chapters. Super easy. <laughs> yeah. Because also it's just a couple chapters and you're already familiar with the book. So you basically are just like going in for a little while and then coming back out. You know, it's not like, okay, I need to, I need someone to cover this episode. Can you read this entire book the next like four days? Right? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> my reading right now is kind of out of hand because, so I've got... I have a NetGalley book that I need to read and review. <laughs> um, nice. I just got Delta, the second book in the Apex series by M.T. Zimney, which I've been dying to read ever since I finished beta, so I want to read it. And then I also just got a draft from my critique partner of her new book, and I've been trying to read it. Um, and so I've got, like, three books that I'm simultaneously trying to read. <laughs> Me too, actually. <laughs> Well, the, the unfortunate part for me is that none of them are audiobooks, so I can't, like, bounce back and forth like I normally do. Oh, yeah. See, I do multiple books at once, but I do audiobook and, like, you know, hard copy book. So this yeah. way, like, I would not be able to do multiple – I mean, I've tried multiple hard copy books at once, but it's it's harder. Audiobooks just makes it easier. I have to, like, pick one, finish it, and then move on. So, like, I really want to read my critique partner's book by our next meeting, which is on Thursday. So, like, the other books are on pause. And I need to finish my NetGalley one so I can submit my review. So, like, Delta will be after I finish those two projects. So, it's unfortunate when I want to have time and and I don't have time. Yeah. You'll get there. Story of my life. So what are you currently reading? So I am reading um, Shadow and Bone by Lee Bardugo. Finally getting around to reading that book. I feel like I have to read it or I'm no longer a part of the like YA community. Oh my gosh. <laughs> like the pressure is on to read that book. I agree. And I'm like, if I don't ever cover this on my podcast, like, am I really a YA podcaster? Like, something is wrong. <laughs> right? So like, did I, I, have I, have I failed in some way? That's what it feels like. So I'm reading that one and that's going to be on the podcast in December. And then I am just finishing audiobook of The Queen's Secret, which is um, the second book in the duology, the 
the first book was The Queen's Assassin. It's by Melissa De La Cruz. Um, So I'm just finishing that. And then I'm starting a new audio book, which is the last one in the Stalking Jack the Ripper series. I think it's The Curse of the Devil. So I read the first one and I own the other three. But again, okay. How have I gotten around to them? That's why I do them on audiobook. I have a 45-minute drive one way to work. so Oh, that um, does help a lot, right? Because then you have that time. Yeah, I do a lot of audiobooks. I get through them quickly that way because I do, you know, it's an hour and a half each day in the car. So (laughs) it helps. Have you read any other series that's similar to like Stalking Jack the Ripper? Because I have not. And it makes me like, yeah, it makes me like want to explore that area more yeah I haven't I haven't read any other ones like that I will say okay you haven't read the other three books yet but here's what I'm going to tell you no I haven't (laughs) I'm I'm going to (laughs) yeah and this isn't a spoiler I just (laughs) I don't know if I will or not read more like this only because Mm. The time period drives me crazy because oh. the two main characters who have feelings for each other, it's like the girl, you know, she, Audrey Rose, she's always like, oh, if only it wasn't inappropriate for me to touch his hand in public or blah, 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 yeah. and this and that. And I'm like, it drives me crazy because <laughs> They don't touch each other. They barely look at each other. They won't kiss. And I'm like, you know what? This is driving me nuts right now. Um, so it's I, like, I wonder if – oh I don't know if I would like that either because that's one of the things that's like slightly frustrating about being a military spouse is that when mm-hmm. they're in uniform – that right. kind of it, that kind of attention is inappropriate. So, like, I can't even get my hand right. held while I'm crossing the street. Like, yep, <laughs> it's like it's like bye, have a good day, fist fist bump. <laughs> yes. So I will say, like, I enjoyed the first book the most of the next two books, two and three. I did not enjoy them as much. I finished them, but I didn't. I skipped a lot. <laughs> I'm not going to lie. Like I skimmed and skipped stuff. And then, yeah. And I'm, I'm going to start book four just because I'm like, I have to finish the series. But I did. The first one was definitely my favorite. So I wonder if I should wait to finish it until the new year because I graduate in December. And so I'm going to have a lot more time on my hands. Um, I would just wait. Because also yeah. I'm, re- I'm rereading. Well, I have the audiobook, so I'm listening to the Twilight series again. Um, Ashley, my former co-host, and I, we just finished a buddy read of Midnight Sun. So we were like, and I've had a lot of requests to do a Twilight episode on Patreon. So we were like, well, we'll just Mm. like reread the whole series and then do like a massive Twilight episode. So I'm like trying to reread the whole series. I just finished Twilight and I'm about to start New Moon. And what I will say is lot. that Midnight Sun is far better written than Twilight. Her craft mm-hmm. and her writing skills have improved immensely, but I would That's still good. rather read Twilight. <laughs> because, because, because with her better writing came a lot more convolution in terms of like explaining situations and um, yeah. describing certain like characters and development and things like that, which is great. But like Twilight, 
there's just not a lot. <laughs> there's not a lot below the surface. So it kind of, it kind of doesn't need all the explaining, if that makes sense. Right. See, and that's what, that's what gets me too. A lot of the times is books that just have all the explaining. I'm like, I don't want all the explanations. Just like, I don't need an info dump right now. Yes. Yes. And that happens far too frequently. So those are the types of books where I'm like, I can't take this anymore. I'm out. Like I'm done. So, yeah. And it's not that, like, Stalking Jack the Ripper is not info dump like that. It's just, like, book two drove me crazy because of the constant, like, time period stuff that was super annoying. Book three I didn't like because Audrey Rose goes down a different path and it becomes more about her relationship with somebody than it does about the actual like murders and crimes that take place. And so it's Mm -hmm. like, this is boring. I don't want this. This is not what I want to read. Because the first book is so much about the crimes and Jack the Ripper. And Mm -hmm. so then the next couple of books are a little bit different when it comes to that. So I don't know. We'll see how book four is. We'll see what happens. You can wait. Just wait to read those. It's fine. (laughs) I'm really excited to finish school and to have the opportunity to – to go and and do those things and have those experiences where I can like read a book (laughs) and it's not, this like, it's not this like harrowing event that I have to deal with because I'm also trying to like get through school and stuff like that. But with, with that comes this um, sort of expectation of like, well, if you're going to read it (laughs) (laughs) and now I feel like, okay, well I have to read like everything that's been sitting on my, my list for however long it's been sitting on my list. Agreed. I keep looking up at my TBR shelf in my bedroom and going, okay, what order? It's like beautiful, but intimidating at the same time. Oh, it totally is. It really is. And the problem is that I keep getting more books in the mail. I probably, I got got three (laughs) books just this week. I got three books this week. <laughs> a lot. Like I got a couple of books from publishers that publishers sent me, and then I got books that I ordered. So, and Can I, know I say that, that I'm super coming. happy that you got publisher books because I think that's really cool. Oh yeah, I love it. Like it's fantastic. I I just I love it. Like ever since I went, you know, started contacting publishers to be like, hey. I feel that a lot of them have, (laughs) yeah, well, and a lot of them have, like, if you're a bookstagrammer or a podcaster, a lot of publishers um, have on their website a form that you can fill out to get books. So that's what I did on quite a few of them. And then I also started getting emails from publishers about doing author interviews. Um, And so that's how I've been able to do that too, plus get the free books. Because if you interview the author, they'll send you the book. Yay! Uh, yeah, so I just have a ton of them, and then I bought a couple of book boxes too. So you know, I have to give a shout out to Ruthie because she ordered me the fairy loot for Gilded. <gasps> Yay! Which makes that me want to so cry. Awesome! I'm so I happy. cannot wait to get that book. I need that, that book awesome. in my hands. I am so excited to read that book. I, I just. I need it. Me too. I need it. Speaking of needing that book, several really cool gilded things are happening right now for Prince Guy Fan Pond. Yes. 
there will be, much like we did for Instant Karma, a release party the night Yay. that Gilded comes out, uh, November 2nd at 8 p.m. Central on Zoom. So join Patreon uh, sometime between now and then, and you can come to the party. Uh, remember that Patreon is only a dollar. You get all of the same perks, and the first fiscal month is free. The party is going to have cosplay and games and prizes and special guests from some of your favorite podcasters like Leah. I will be there. And Cassidy from Of Slippers and Spindles podcast and uh, Book Life podcast and so many other wonderful people. Um, Also, there will be, I'm kind of in the middle of setting it up right now, but we're going to do like a massive Patreon crossover gilded episode with like myself, Leah, Book Life podcast, Fictional Mm -hmm. Hangover podcast. I literary lushes maybe a few more we're gonna do a huge panel episode about gilded and that's gonna be probably a little closer to like december january time frame but that'll also be available on patreon yeah and then one more beautiful thing that i'm super excited about i uh, got an email from rebecca solaire who is going to do a Q&A episode with me. It's going to be um, kind of like a Christmas Hanukkah present for everybody. So she and I are going to record hopefully the first week of November. And then I will uh, edit that episode and it will be, I'll release it Christmas morning for everyone. So if you have a question for Rebecca Solaire about her um, favorite characters or the craft or how she got into audio narrating, feel free to email me at princekaifanpot at gmail.com. I will try to ask as many questions as I possibly can. I think that might be it for like super cool, exciting stuff that's happening. <laughs> <laughs> that's really cool though. That's a lot of really awesome stuff that's going on. Yeah. I'm, I'm super, super duper excited. I feel like it's just, it's piling on and, and you know, it's like November has this like big expectation now because, okay, well one, it's my husband's birthday. So there's like something fun there. Two, nice. we're planning on seeing my family in Florida for Thanksgiving and or my sisters are going to come here for Thanksgiving. We haven't quite settled everything yet. Mm-hmm. Also, I'm going to uh, get to go to California and see my family for a wedding. And it'll be the first time I've seen my mother in like seven years. So that's super exciting. Oh, wow. And um, Gilded comes out. And then on top of that, <laughs> Taylor Swift's <laughs> new album comes out, which everyone listening nice. to this podcast knows I've been dying for. And well, she just course. announced that it's going to be released a week earlier, which is amazing. Ooh, so That's awesome. I just feel like November cannot get here fast enough. <laughs> I know. It's going to be great. For You know what else is in November? And I don't know if you've read these books yet or not, but in November – the final book in the Aurora Rising series by Jay Kristoff and Amy um, Kaufman comes out. And I am very excited for that. I have not so, read those books. They are really good. I so love them. I will have They're to... sci-fi. I like sci-fi. It's, it's I like, like some sci-fi. <laughs> clear. These are really good. It's like Star Trek-ish kind of it's like Star Trek meets YA and it's really good and there's also like both of them are huge fans of the Princess Bride which we all know oh, is my favorite everything so they put in each of the books there are like subtle Princess Bride references and they're fantastic <laughs> I love it I love but the storyline there's just references really in books like for me something I'm doing with the book I'm writing right now and I didn't mean to do it but I noticed on my first reread, 
like on my first proofread that I went through, I noticed I did it twice and I was like, you know what, let's just lean into it. So for my book, I hid Taylor Swift lyrics everywhere. Of course you did. <laughs> everywhere. I hid them of all over the you place. Did. <laughs> and some of oh them are God. super vague, like confused and frustrated. Which is from, <laughs> which is from "Tell Me Why," a song off of her Fearless album. So it's literally three words that could have been from oh my anywhere, but like a Taylor Swift person is gonna is gonna know what it's from. So right, I was like, okay, well now I feel like I need to do at least one per chapter, so that it's like really fun. So now I'm going back and trying to find like ways to include them in like very subtle ways because I don't want it to be like a whole line. I need it to be just right. like one or two words so that it's like very subtle. So if people aren't like big Taylor fans, they'll never notice. But people who are big Taylor fans are like, (gasps) (laughs) that's hilarious. That's like, that's what I did when I was reading Aurora Rising and Aurora Burning, the first two books. Like I literally, I read it and I literally was like, that's a Princess Bride reference. It totally is. (laughs) And then I was so, I was so convinced, but I was like, like I knew it was, but I had to know a hundred, hundred percent. So I messaged Jay Kristoff on Instagram was like, this was a Princess Bride reference, wasn't it? And he's like, oh yeah, you totally picked it out. He's like, me and Amy are huge Princess Bride fans. And then I found someone (laughs) and then I found a couple in the next book as well. So I'm curious to see what references are going to be in book three. Also, it's going to be fun. That is going to be fun. I'm excited for you. I love when books do stuff like that, when there's little hidden messages for everybody. Um, I just think it's so much fun. Me too. That's why it's fun to like look for Easter eggs and foreshadowing and things like that. I agree. Well, should we talk about your fan art? (laughs) Should we? There's some really good fan art. This is really good fan art. I love these. Yeah. So the first one is by Hannah Ran Jada on Instagram. And I probably said that wrong, so I'm very sorry. <laughs> and I just wanted a little throwback for Cresswell because I've been holding on to this and I haven't found a good place to use. I got it after we did this chapter, of course, because that's how life works. So this mm-hmm. is the scene from Cress where the captain shows up and rescues Cress and tells her that she's very valuable on the antique market. <laughs> <laughs> or on the black market. Um, and I just love it. It's so cute. I love how anime it feels. It does. Like especially it her really crying. Mm-hmm. Yeah, her yeah. whole face. But it's so sweet just how she's holding on to him. Like you can tell like he's like lifting her up off of the ground. Yeah, And he's got a good grasp. And her arms are around his neck. And it's just so sweet. And the tears, like how she's crying because she's so happy. And, of course, he's all... You know, I could sell you on the black market and get a lot of money. Right. Like, <laughs> so thorn. So thorn. Can't can't handle a moment of uh, reality. We can't have like real genuine romantic moments. We have to spoil them with sarcasm and a uh, jest. Of course, of course. But that's what makes him him. <laughs> right. That's what makes everybody their own unique type of person. What what they can and cannot handle. <laughs> Exactly. Yep. Yep. So this next one is from ZZZ Morgan. And it is of Kai and Cinder's first kiss. And it's beautiful and romantic. 
and it super is. sweet. <laughs> I love it. It's just that moment right as they're leaning in and the way he's like holding her head with his hand. Oh my gosh, I love it. It's perfect. It's beautiful. I agree. Their hair looks so soft. Like <laughs> I love when like they can make tell. realistic contributions like that. Me too. Because it just amazes me the ability to be able to do something like that. Oh yeah, me too. Because I have absolutely no artistic ability at no, all. No, same. So. Same. For sure same. <laughs> I got nothing. I, definitely, to, I don't even have like legible handwriting half the time, let alone the ability to draw anything. Right? Same. So you can check out both of those artists on Instagram. And remember, you can also view them on the Prince Cacti Pod website. Last week, Patreon members got to vote for chapter titles. Let's see what the final results were because now that I'm recording every other week, it's actually been a while. <laughs> <laughs> so let's see. <laughs> That's all right. Gotta scroll back. Chapter 14 is Welcome to the Black Parade by My Chemical Romance. And chapter 15 is Larger Than Life by Backstreet Boys, which I'm really excited about because I really liked that that one. And I every time I pick a a, like an older band, I think like my younger Patreon members are gonna be like, who the hell's that? Oh my gosh, I know. (laughs) Because we have people as young as like 13 on the Patreon. Right, who have no idea who Backstreet Boys are. Right, who are like, the who boys? The what? Uh, It just makes me sad, but you know, whatever. So let's talk about some fun chapter stuff that we have going on. Yes. Last week we left off with Kai getting back to Earth, and he messaged Lavana, and he was like, oh, no, we can't get married on Earth. I, You don't trust anyone. And she was like, what a lovely idea. We'll get married on my planet. So <laughs> they hung up. And it kind of seems like we start off this chapter with them also listening to that conversation. Yeah. It kind of feels like we pick like. up, like they just hung up the phone with Kai and Lavana, like they were listening in, which which wouldn't surprise me, of course. But uh, it did, like, kind of catch me off guard because I was like, oh, I don't think I noticed that before. Right. I didn't either. I think I was like, oh, yeah, we're totally listening in. All right. That's fine. Which is cool. It's fine. I'm here for it. It's fine. Yeah. I liked it. So we're in (laughs) Cress's perspective, and she and Iko are playing a game, and Iko is losing – because Cress has only ever played against a computer, so she's like genius, right? <laughs> I love it. She she's is like, like undefeatable. She's like, what I love, Android. I should have a superior brain. Well, exactly. That was I was going to say that. That's like I love it. But goes like, but my brain is supposed to be superior. <laughs> And of course, Aiko is going to take this as like a personal offense because it's Aiko. So she's like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't understand how I could be losing. Right. <laughs> I did not agree to this. I love it. I love it. People are going to start leaving Earth and heading to Luna within the, within the next 48 <laughs> hours. Wolf is going 
absolutely crazy waiting to get to Scarlet. Like he cannot mm-hmm. stand it. Um, Cress is like, okay, I'm going to find out what ship Kai is on and we're going to sneak onto Kai's ship. And that's how we're going to get to Luna. And right. Wolf is like, this plan has to work. Yep. There are there's, no other options. Else. This plan yeah. has to work. There's nothing else that they can do. This is this is like their only chance. It's the only way for them right, to do. Right. They, they got what they, they got need nothing to. else going on. They have no other feasible options for which their plan will will succeed. Right. And None they have to whatsoever. figure it out. Right. And they have to figure it out because <laughs> the wedding got moved up sooner than was it was going to be. Yeah. A lot <laughs> sooner than what it was going to be. Mhm. So. And it cha- it changes things. It changes like it changes what their expectations are going to be. Right. Well, they don't have as much time as I thought they were going to have before, so they really got to be on top of it. Right. So Thorn comes back and he is in anguish. Because but wait. But wait, when he comes back, you skipped it. Oh, did <laughs> what I? What happens when he comes back? Wait, ready? The the code word. The code word. Captain is king. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Which is oh, always the it. code word, which you should never I know. always have the same code word. No, but it's Thorn, so <laughs> right. he has to, it's his ego, you know. I just love it. Every time I read it, it makes me smile <laughs> and laugh. So he's but also love- very upset when he comes back. Uh-huh. <laughs> because as it turns out, someone painted his ship. <laughs> now, why would they go and do a thing like that? And that's the first thing he says when he comes in. You painted my ship? I love priorities, <laughs> Thorn. Priorities. I know. Is that really the most important thing right now? <laughs> yes, yes, it is. Yes, it really is. Yes. I like that when he comes in and he's all upset, everybody is like, who cares? <laughs> right. Right? It's not a big deal, Thorn. Get over it. We can't go around with that on the ship. Everybody will know whose ship it is. Hello. Like, we can't be that obvious and just tell everybody where we are. And Thorne is also, like, kind of stung right now. Because remember in the last chapter, Kai was like, it's not your ship and you better give it back. Right. So Thorne is also kind of, like, butthurt at the moment. So he's really passive aggressive. Mm -hmm. And he's like, it's not my ship anyways. Right. Like, no, Thorne, it's not. You stole it from the military. Remember? (laughs) <laughs> yeah you're gonna have to give it back at some point yeah Still, I, he's become <laughs> quite attached i get that i would be attached too but i also didn't steal mine right right <laughs> there is that difference you know <laughs> i also i also like paid out right for mine i didn't steal it from the military and then desert a bunch of people on a stranded island like you know a jerk Yeah, I mean, it's kind of a big difference, you know. (laughs) Oh, Thorn. So, (laughs) Cress notices a few things about Thorn. Mm -hmm. She noticed that 
when Kai was on this ship, Thorne was a little bit different. And he sort of, like, tried to hold himself better. He stood a little taller. He kind of shut his shoulders out a little bit, puffed his chest. He wanted to impress the the emperor because mm-hmm. emperor outranks captain by right. anybody's standards. But Thorne is used to being, like, the alpha on the ship, even though Wolf is there. So <laughs> now he's kind of crestfallen and he's kind of back to just being, like, goofy overly confident thorn yeah yeah he is different but i i do like too that he he says something or somebody says something like there's an indication that he oh oh oh, thorn says it he says despite my inherent distrust of authority figures i'm starting to like this emperor of yours so i like it it. he he finally admits that he kind of likes kai a little bit which I think is really mature. I do too. Because there was a time when that would not have happened. Oh, for sure. For sure. Like, there was a time when that would have been the last thing in the world he would admit. Yes. <laughs> and it, again, it shows us, like, the personal growth that he's been having, like we saw in the last chapter with him taking the time to recognize and think about the future of his crew as opposed to just himself. Right. I agree. So Cress beats Iko. She gets all the rubies. Uh-huh. And Iko is um, definitely a humble loser. Yeah. Well, of course. <laughs> and Thorne calls her a genius. Yes. And then Chris blushes, and it's adorable. <laughs> I just it was those. a lot easier for her when he couldn't see. She could, like, hide her feelings so well. But now that he can see, it's like, well, I guess he can see that. Yep. yep. And it's it's just funny because she does it all the time. Like, he always says these things, and she's always blushing when he says them. And so it's like, she can't hide anywhere anymore. She can't, poor thing. I know, because it's embarrassing. But it's so hard because it's like, I totally get it. You know, you want someone Like, you to remember being you- there, right? Where it's like the awkward yes. phase of, of not dating someone, but like, they're both interested. Yes. So you, you know, want them to know how you feel, but you don't at the same time. And it's hard to stop those, like, those tells, those giveaways. Yeah, you know? exactly. At least Cress yeah. has the forethought of knowing she's doing it. Right. Because does. Thorne doesn't seem to notice he does it, but no one right. else is picking up on it either. So maybe, maybe that's not the case. <laughs> It even says she she blushes at every stray compliment that he gives her. <laughs> and then, of course, we have Iko. Uh, yeah, but I'm an android. Like, she's still arguing this point. Like, I'm supposed to be smarter than her. I don't care if she's a genius. <laughs> right. Iko is like, it's great that she's a genius for a human, but I'm not human. So mm-hmm. the real problem is what's wrong with my programming? Cinder, right. get in here and fix this. <laughs> she always brings it back to herself somehow, you know. Yes, yeah, so it's a very Ico, Ico thing to always make sure yes. that she's the forefront of what's going on. Yes, which is actually kind of kind of good right now since Cress is trying to like 
float under the radar and not give herself away as much. So it's kind of good for Aiko to pull the focus back and yeah, give because then- a moment to like hide her head and, and pull the focus away from herself. Yeah. I don't think that's, that's Aiko's intention. <laughs> I don't want to give her that no. credit, but it's nice either way. Right. Agreed. <laughs> so we transition a little bit here. All these games. Oh, I made it. That's a note for myself. Okay. I'm like reading my notes and I'm like, what? And then I, I, I was, I'm coming up with fun trivia games because we're about to do, we're about to do a party and I like to have trivia games at parties. And so I made a note in my notes for this would be some good (laughs) trivia. So if you're a Patreon member and you're planning on coming to that party, maybe you should give this chapter a quick read. So I love Cress's inner monologue about like stolen glances with Thorn as they as as um as the story progresses between the two of them. It's very secretive, like he's looking when she's not looking, she's looking when he's not looking. And I think that's so sweet. Me too. I love it. And again, it ties back to that like first crush kind of thing. Mm-hmm. She noticed. She's like, and he was looking at her again. <laughs> like, <laughs> but why at me again? Why would he I love be looking it. at you, Cress? What <laughs> could it mean? Maybe he's actually interested in you. <gasps> no. And then, and then she looks away, and then she's like, "Stupid, stupid, stupid." <laughs> See, now that would be me. That's what I'm saying. Like, that's exactly how it, it feels when you have a crush and the person is like your friend. Yes. You know, See, this I isn't the same as like having a crush on a celebrity you're never, ever, ever going to meet. This is having a crush on someone that's a possibility, but only mm-hmm. to you because you don't, you don't see that in them. Right. And I think, I think this is why crush is my favorite book because I feel like it's so relatable. Like Cress is so relatable and all of her feelings and like remembering what all of that is like when you're a teenager and you're going through this with somebody and experiencing it. Like, yeah, I don't know. I think this is why I love that book and her relationship with Thorne the best. Why That's my favorite. I would say like what makes it fun for the two of them as well is they're both kind of blissfully unaware. So yes. they don't even realize that they're having the same experiences. Right. Right. You know, like they have, they have that in common, but they don't know it. So it's like on top of everything else that they have going on that they have in common, they also have this middle ground that they're completely unaware of. Right. Which is fun to read. <laughs> so romantic. Yay. So Thorn is really upset because they have to abandon his ship. It's most likely going to be found and confiscated. And Cinder is like, I'll buy you a new ship. And he's like, no. So melodramatic, <laughs> Thorn. I know. And Cinder has the hero moment. Yes. That we have in like every YA book. Every mm-hmm. YA book has this moment. You know. You guys don't have to come with me. I can do this on my own. You can back out, out at any time. 
I'm yep. like vividly in my head thinking of like Hunger Games testing series, Harry Potter, Divergent series, like all of those books, they have this moment where the main yes, character is about to like take on the world. And they're like, you know what? If you guys don't want to come, that's fine. I'll just do it on my own. You don't have to risk yourselves. <laughs> yeah. like, we know oh, they're going. <laughs> we know they're all going to stay with you. So yeah, we know they're going. It's just unnecessary. Yeah. Right. Like let's but move it, on. We've got, we've got stuff to do. <laughs> right. But it's funny because like, even though they all stay, Cress is a little bit tempted to leave. She kind of has this little bit of hesitation. Like, I'm not I don't so blame sure. Cress at all for go. having that hesitation either. Because well, me either. She's like, I don't know. I guess she owes, like, she like sort of owes them. If you want to think about, like, well, they rescued her, so this is how she could pay them back. But she didn't ask for any of this. Right. She was, con- well, not necessarily content, but she's going back to a place that is not, that doesn't want her. Like, Thorne's never been to Luna. Wolf hasn't been there since he was a baby, basically. Yeah. And he was a respected soldier. So if he comes up with a good enough story, he might be able to get away with it. Cress is a shell. She'll be killed yeah. on sight, basically. Yeah. So she's got more reason than anybody to be scared about going t- to Luna I, and what I think can happen she does. there. Yeah, for sure. I think she does. Yeah. Because she also does. Because also they can tell immediately that she's a shell. Like at first, like how many people are gonna look at Wolf and be like, oh, he's that one special app that we lost track of. Right. Nobody. Nobody is going to – there might be people that know about him and that can put two and two together, but no one is going to look at him and immediately be like, oh, that's the guy we've been missing. Take him into custody. Whereas if they even look at Cress, they will know that she's a Mm -hmm. shell and her life will be in danger. And they might kill on sight with no thought process at all of like a a trial or anything like that, you know? Right. Like there's no – capturing her it's just shoot right she's got more at stake than anybody i think so yeah so and i think that's what makes it so terrifying for her and we don't have the inner monologue of anyone else but the only other person on this ship right now that i could see that might have a hesitation would be thorn because wolf is going to luna with or without them he's getting scarlet back Iko, there's right. no way Iko's not going everywhere that that Cinder goes. So, right. There's no there's no situation, there's no scenario where Wolf and Iko would leave. Thorn? Right. He could. Yep. He could take his ship and go. And he yeah. What's interesting here, though, is that he he's not going to, right? And Iko, Iko brings up, she's like, yeah, well, he's not going to go anywhere because he's still holding out for the reward money. And so everybody yeah. laughs. But Thorne doesn't laugh because he's like, well, you know, some people might say that doing the right thing is a reward in itself. And what's funny is they're all like, did he just do that? 
Did he just say that? Is he because he was totally serious and they didn't expect it? Because his conversation so, with Kai had a much bigger impact on him than he than than was expected. I think. Yeah, because I think, I think so that's too. where this comment comes from. I think this comes from his conversation with Kai. And right. Kai talking about, like, just if you want people to think you're a better guy, you could just be a better guy. Yes. Agreed. Oops. But he, he it's again, he takes it back. Right. He takes it back very quickly. We go from, as soon as he sees that no one believes that he's capable of that kind of change, of that kind of growth, and that kind of compassion, he's like, oh, those people die poor and destitute. Let's go. <laughs> like shake it off shake it off before anybody realizes i have true feelings right forget it i i can't ruin my reputation as this other guy i've got a no i didn't say that nobody said anything serious <laughs> what who said that do you hear anything i didn't hear anything do you hear anything nope nope, nope. let's move on <laughs> pretty much pretty much that's that's pretty much the gist of it so they all tell cinder that they're not leaving they're all in this together and that's kind of where the chapter ends. So what was your title for this one? You know what's funny is that as you're as you just said, we're they're all in this together. What just popped in my head because last night with my kids we watched oh, high school musical. High school musical. <laughs> yes. So that just popped into my head. That would have been such a good choice to pick. I didn't even oh, think of that, but I agree that would have been oh my great. Gosh. <laughs> That's hilarious. I should. I didn't even. I didn't thought about it either. But that would have been perfect. I actually, um, instead, I picked with a little help from my friends by the Beatles because you know that's what happened is what's happening. Cinder is getting help from her friends, and they're all going to go and do this thing together. So, but uh, <laughs> I think we're all on this Miss together. Offer. From my Miss opportunity. <laughs> totally. I totally Miss missed that. <laughs> I've had that before, though, where, like, while having a conversation on the episode, I'm like, man, that would have been great. Uh-huh. Can't do anything about it now. <laughs> oh, well. Maybe the alternate universe, Bethany, came up with that. <laughs> and at least we still got to have it. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so my song choice is a little left field. I chose okay. Illicit Affairs by Taylor Swift. Um, mm. Simply because I love the stolen glances between Cress and Thorn and during that scene all I could think of was uh the line from that that song clandestine meetings and longing stares and I love the part at the bridge there's a reason that lyricists call Taylor an engineer because she builds a bridge better than anybody and the bridge yeah. is uh don't call me kid don't call me baby and I love that because Cress is so young so naive, so innocent of everything in the world. And something Thorne is constantly telling her, especially the first time she said she loved him, is that she's too young and too inexperienced and too naive to understand things. Um, so yeah, I just thought that was a really cute song for, well, it's not cute. It's a sad song, but it, <laughs> it kind of mirrors certain aspects of their relationship. I know it's not like a marital affair, which is, I think, more in terms of what the song is supposed to represent. But right. it came into my head when I was reading. Yeah. No, I think that's a good one, too. So Patreon members will get to vote on those chapter titles. And what was your quote for this one? Okay. So my quote is when Cress is 
describing Thorne. I love it. She says, his eyes were twinkling, all calm and confident in a way that always made Cress feel more calm and confident too, just from being near him and knowing he was brave and capable. And I love it because she's describing her feelings for him, but then we also get like how she gets a sense of safety from him and being around him and how he makes her feel. And I just think it's so sweet and fun and I love it. I love that that she has this sort of comfort where she does have someone that, that gives her that sense of security and safety because for so long she didn't have that in her life. And I think it's yes. a, it's like a, it's like a found family moment. Yeah, I agree. What was yours? So my quote was, it had been easier to pretend she wasn't in love with him when he couldn't tell how often her gaze attached to him, how she blushed at every stray compliment. Mm. Goes back Good to my one. song. There's stolen glances and um, moments in, in moments in crowded rooms and stolen glances when one person is looking and the other person isn't looking. And it's um, it's just it's like we talked about earlier. It's those those kind of sweet nostalgic moments for those of us who are a little bit older, um, where we can yes. look back and remember <laughs> what it was like to be young and in love and to have that first crush and how everything is just magnetized by like a million. Oh, gosh, yes. A million, for sure. (laughs) Hi, this is Leah Stuhler, creator and host of YA Book Chat Podcast. If you love reading young adult books and chatting about them with your friends, then head on over to my podcast and take a listen. Each episode, my guests and I chat about a different YA book. We start spoiler-free and then head into our spoiler section where we dive into the mysteries of each book. And we do it with laughs and fun along the way. You can listen to YA Book Chat on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, iHeartRadio, and wherever you get your podcast. And now, back to the show. So chapter 17, Kai's perspective. Yay. I love that we get back to Kai. Yes. (laughs) So Kai is in this big, beautiful ship, and he's very impatiently waiting for Cinder and their crew to get there. (laughs) We get a cute little um, nod that the Great Wall of China survived the Third and Fourth World War and is still standing, which I love. Yes. Me too. Me too. I love that that's mentioned. Yeah. And I think that it's, um, I think it's a testament to Marissa that she decided to mention it Mm -hmm. because we don't need it. You don't need it for the story. Um, but like we, as the reader are very happy to have those little extra tidbits that bring it back to our world, that bring it back to our reality. Right. Right. Uh, And that's, I mean, that's a really big thing for everybody, you know, like knowing that the Great Wall of China is there and still standing, which I think that it will be for a long time. I think so too. I think it will be too. It's one of those wonders of the world for a reason. Yes. Agreed. Kai says that he's putting all of his faith in Cinder. No pressure. No pressure. (laughs) Torrin, of course, is there uh, ready to support Kai. He could have stayed on Earth, but much like with Cinder, he was never going to leave. Come on. Yep. He's there for life. Do you know the the don't be suspicious? Don't be suspicious. 
I feel like that's Kai right now because he's like, hey, um, did they know that they have to stop if someone flags us, right? They know that. Uh, yes. Yeah? Okay. Hey, did you tell anybody? <laughs> I just want to confirm. It's like, Kai, shh. I was like, can you, can you be a little more obvious that something is going on? I mean, come on, Kai. Like, don't right? let your secret out. Oh my gosh. It was like, shut up, Kai. Stop it. (laughs) I love it. I think it's perfect. Oh Oh my gosh. It was hilarious. I didn't grab my book. One second, please. Okay. It's been so long since I recorded. I don't even know what to do anymore. (laughs) I don't even have my book out. Good golly. I try to, after I finish a book and I finish all of my notes and I've emailed my guest the notes and the Zoom link, um, I will put the book in, I'll keep it in the office next to the, next to the desk or like where my, where I do my podcasting speaks so that I don't forget because otherwise I will forget as well. And then I'll get here and go, shoot. And my, see your bookcase is right where you are behind you. Mine is downstairs. It's like two feet away from my elbow. (laughs) Yeah. I'd have to go like all the way downstairs into the other room, find the book on the shelf, grab it, and then pull it. And yeah. so. And, you know, normally I do have it. I have it handy. I have it on me. But I was, I cleaned up the other day and I was like, I don't need to have my book out because I took notes for the next like five months already. And for some reason I forgot that when I record, I frequently read from the book. Like, like, I take a couple weeks off from podcasting and I suddenly have no idea how to do my job. (laughs) (laughs) So Torin explains to Kai that Cinder and Celine are two different people. And here's what he says. To the world, Lynn Cinder is a dangerous felon who kidnapped a world leader and instigated a war. While Princess Celine could be the solution to all our problems with Luna. By helping Lincender, the world will think you're nothing but an infatuated teenager. By helping Celine, you're making a brave stand against our country's enemies and doing what you believe is best for the Commonwealth. Trying to grab all the groceries in one trip? Oof, not how you would have done that. You know sometimes less is more. Like when you drive less and save with the USAA annual mileage discount. USAA. Get a quote today. It's future. Mm-hmm. Snaps for Torin. Yay. I think I've said like 9 million times that Torin is a legend. I absolutely adore him. I think he's wonderful. Um, this is another moment where Torin is that voice, that voice of reason because he is 1,000% yeah. correct. Though oh, I totally may is. see Cinder and Selene as the same person, the world does not. The world right. sees them as two completely different people because they are two completely different people. Cinder is a wanted fugitive who tried to kill the queen and started a war that has led to the murder of hundreds of thousands of people. Celine is a ghost on the wind, a phantom that could save the world, but probably doesn't exist. Right. It will have much more. Celine will have much more impact coming back. Oh yeah. Cinder will have. So Torin is absolutely correct in this. And Kai is just like, whatever. They're the same person. It works. <laughs> and Kai, for the longest time, Kai was the one who was actually looking for Celine, which makes it all the more all the more interesting, I think, that Torin is right. the one who's separating the two of them. 
Yes, it is. Kai only cares about what's best for Cinder. Yeah. That's what's important to Kai. What's best for Cinder, though? You are, Kai. You're what's best for Cinder. But Celine has of a country to run. You are. Exactly. That's basically the, the story that we're dealing with right now. Yeah. And it it makes you wonder, like, oh man, what is gonna what's gonna happen? Because Kai has to run his country. And when Cinder comes in as Celine and takes over, she's gonna have to run Luna. Like if everything goes as planned, right? So how are they? Yeah, it's make not like they're work? gonna have date night every weekend. They're going to literally be right? in two different places in the galaxy. This is I mean, as long distance as it gets. <laughs> right. <laughs> This is the ultimate long distance this relationship. This is the ultimate long distance relationship. Yes. <laughs> this isn't like they go off to two different colleges and they see each other over like winter break. Like, <laughs> like it's a good thing they're both royalty because otherwise they literally can't even afford to have that kind of a relationship. You imagine how expensive it is to constantly fly back and forth to the moon? Oh my gosh, that would be crazy. Like, well, it takes. You, like, I don't, yeah, only royalty can afford that. Yeah, I wish we knew how long it took to get there. Yeah, I was wondering that too. Like, and their fancy rocket ships, how long would it take to get from Earth to the moon? Hmm. Well, it can't take long because, like, now I just Googled it, it would take three days minimum to get to the moon. Oh, okay, so that's but not bad. It can't take too long. Because they don't talk about it like it took too long, you know? I feel like right. if it took even longer than just a day, there would be a scene where where Marissa is like, Kai couldn't sleep last night knowing he had to wait until tomorrow for the time when Cinder could board the ship or something. Like, I think that we would know if it took longer than a day. Right. I think so, too. So I, I think it's safe to guess that it probably... I'm going to say like, I don't know. I'm going to, I'm going to say like 18 hours, maybe more, but I feel like we, if it was going to take longer than a day, we would know. Right. Or maybe she skipped all that and maybe we're at the last day of the journey and that's when they're supposed to reconnect. That's definitely a possibility too, because think we don't it's on the to wiki? See. It could be. Like, do you think if I look at the wiki, I can do some math and it'll help me? Let me see it might. here. <laughs> Let me see here. Hmm. Scroll, scroll. Scroll. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, there. October 29th, Emperor Kaito is returned to New Beijing and reinstated. November 1st, Cinder, Zayev, Thorn, Kress, and Aiko arrive on Luna. So it, it is okay. three days, 29, 30, 31, November 1st. So All right. uh, it would be like two to three days, I guess. All right. Well, that makes sense then. That makes sense. She kept true to that. Yeah. Yeah. I think... I. They probably will have improved those those time standards, you know? Right. But to what degree? I have no idea. Yeah. 
but we just don't need all of the information from those days. No, I'm just curious. <laughs> no, I know. I'm just I curious know. how long Me it too. takes to get to the moon in the year 126 <laughs> TE. <laughs> These are the I questions, agree. Marissa. These are, this is like, I'm going to ask Marissa and she's going to be like, I don't know, Bethany. I don't. That You're you're reading more into <laughs> it than I did. <laughs> yes. She's yes. going to be like, you, you, paid, right. you paid too close attention. Ask me something else. <laughs> <laughs> That's all right. <laughs> so Kai is worrying and pouting and pacing and waiting. And he misses Nancy because androids aren't allowed on the moon. And finally, the American Republic ship needs help. And the crew is suspicious, as they should be. But Kai is Mm -hmm. like, let them board. (laughs) Again, we have no camera and no audio and no visual. And it could be anybody. And Kai's like, it's fine. Kai, seriously. Cannot stress enough that you're being major suspicious right now. Like I know, right? Like, hello. It's uh, totally Captain Obvious here. <laughs> <laughs> so we transition that we're in a waiting room now. It's as luxurious as the rest of the ship. And the American Secretary of Defense, one assistant, one intern, and two security guards arrive. And Cinder uses the word wire cutters. To let him mm-hmm. know who she is and that he, and that she's manipulating him, which I love. Yes. The American Secretary of Defense winks at Kai and it's like, okay, so that's psycho. Yep. <laughs> because who else is going to do that? Right. <laughs> oh, man. So Kai is like, okay, I got to get them out of here. It's going to, Cinder will be exhausted from all this glamoring. And Thorne is like, I'll take a whiskey on the rocks. And it's like, okay, so now we know that one's Thorne. Yeah. <laughs> I also love when they get in the room and Kai immediately starts talking and everybody's like, shh, Chris, are we clear? Yes. <laughs> like, like, we are not safe until Chris says so. That is how trusted she is. Yes. Which I she's, love. She's, me too. She's got to check everything out first. Well, she wasn't appreciated as the cyber ex- espionage expert that she was for the queen. She was always reprimanded. It was never good enough. And when she did succeed, it was like, well, you're supposed to. Right. You know, whereas these people put all of their faith in her and they know that she's the best. And even just this kind of little sideways pat on the back is more than she's ever received. So it's kind of nice that she has that they have so much confidence in her. Yeah, it is. I really, I, I agree with you on that. Yeah. So Cinder, Torin and Cinder have like a little back and forth that I think is really cute. Mm-hmm. But eventually Cinder like backs down and thanks him and introduces everybody. And I love that they all have little titles. Yes. Like, like it's not just like, this is Thorne, this is Cress. Like, they have titles as if they belong, like, <laughs> but yeah, like, if the, they're part of the crew, you know, it's like, uh, what, what is it? Yeah. May I introduce you to the rest of our team? Eichel, you've met, and this is our ship's captain, Carswell Thorne, our software engineer, Crest Arnail, and my security officer, Wolf. 
They have titles. Like, this is their legit, like, job. I love it. It's not just like, these are my friends. They're going to help us (laughs) invade the moon and start a revolution. (laughs) No. No, I love it. I think that's great, too. I want to know, did Cress know her last name before meeting Dr. Erland? Ooh, that's a really good question. Like, did Sybil ever bother to tell any of the shells their last names at all? My guess would be no. Not unless there was multiple and they needed to know, like, separate the two. You know, like, how, like, on Patreon right now we have six lilies. Yes. So I've started (laughs) remembering them by their last names. (laughs) So, like, that would be the only reason that she would ever give that information, right? Right, I agree. know her last name because of that situation that would be my guess because otherwise they're not gonna know it right why would they yeah yeah kai wants to kiss cinder yes i love that it i love that it says that his how his gaze lingers on her it's just so sweet I'm reminded of when my husband got back from his first appointment, as we talked about, it's not appropriate um, to show affection when when you're, right. When you're in uniform, when you're in front of other people, especially when you're in a situation where you have like superiors that are present. So he got back from a deployment and I got a little hug, but it was more like a pat on the back than an actual like welcome home type of thing. And then we all went to lunch after together. So I hadn't seen my husband in months and he finally gets home and I have to, I have to like sit next to him without touching for like five hours and then I can get my hug. And it kind of reminds me uh-huh. of that of Kai is just sitting there like, when do I get my hug? Right. This is, this is brutal. And he feels <laughs> like there's this invisible wall between the two of them. They kind of like this wall that popped up because they're no longer in their safety bubble of the Rampion. Right. Which makes me really sad. Me too. I mean, it even even says, though he'd seen her three days ago, it felt like a lifetime. It says three days. It says three days. Thank you. (laughs) How how do I not know these things? I am supposed to be an expert. (laughs) Oh my gosh. It's okay. We all miss things. (laughs) This is why I have you around because I don't know anything. (laughs) (laughs) Oh man. But yeah, it's just though he'd seen her three days ago, it felt like a lifetime. So yeah, it's like sometimes, and really in this situation too, right? Even though it's only been three days, their situation is so, um, what's the word I'm looking for? It's just so like severe kind of that they don't know what's going to happen. They don't know when they're going to see each other, if the plan is going to work. Right. So it's like really a stressful three days too. Yeah. Well, and it's not even just that kind of stress that's hanging over their heads, right? There's all this other stress hanging over their heads too, like the impending doom of war. Right. Exactly. But luckily, Luckily, they uh, the separation doesn't last very long. So Luna comes into view, and Kai Yay. gives them these utilitarian clothes that he got that matches all the outer sectors, and he got new parts <laughs> for Iko, 
and sh- the clothes are ugly. But you know what? That's <laughs> what happens, Aiko. They're laborers in the outer sectors. They don't get fashion. Oh, They're not allowed to have nope. that kind of luxury. Nope. <laughs> She's so Ugh, only Aiko. These clothes are <laughs> ugly. They're so gross. But the good thing is, is that when she sees the new parts that he got her, she's super excited about the parts. So that was fun. She's like, oh, these clothes are really ugly. But then she like squeals with delight when she sees like the fiberglass plating. It's in a tube of synthetic skin fibers. And she's super excited. I love it. And Aiko squealed and launched herself across the room. (laughs) (laughs) Yay! I also love that this is when Cinder breaks the wall. Cinder mm-hmm. is is finally like, yes, okay, now I can go hug Kai. Yes, it's so, and it's such a great moment. I absolutely love it. And then she's like, thank you. And he knew it wasn't just for the clothes or the android parts, but it's for everything. It's so sweet. I love it. I love it. And I love that this is kind of where we end the chapter too, because it's mm-hmm. we get we get to end on like such a positive moment between the two of them. It's like Cinder yes. and Kai finally hug, and then it's like, all right, let's get down to business. Let's Agreed. Get down to business. <laughs> to defeat, to defeat the Huns. <laughs> Please remember that Prince Kai Fan Pod is a free podcast and always will be. If you'd like to show your support for the show, head over to patreon.com slash princekaifanpod. Patreon allows you to get extra perks and behind-the-scenes bonuses for only $1 a month. If you can't join Patreon but would still like to show your support because you just love the show so much, head over to coffee.com slash princekaifanpod. That's K-O hyphen F-I dot com slash princekaifanpod and leave a one-time only tip. Your support will help me bring you more TLC and Marissa Meyer content that you know and love. Now, let's get back to the episode. So that is where we end today's chapter. What was your song choice for this one? Okay. My song choice for this one was Unsteady by X Ambassadors. And here's the thing. I know that this song is technically about, like, a young girl who's, like, watching her parents fight or something. Um. Yeah, but you know what? I just chose a song about marital affairs. So Right. It's so, fine. But it's like it's it's the same thing because it's like they both of them are feeling unsure of what's happening and they're unsteady and they need Kai and Cinder, like need each other and need that comfort and that hug especially. Cause it even says at one point that they that he feels like their relationship is precarious. So it's yeah. like until they get that hug at the end they're both feeling like unsteady and not sure of what's happening. So they need that to like, it says, hold on to me. And that's what they need. They both need they that. They do. That and I, feel like, end, I so. feel like precarious is a good word for it because it's like, it's yeah. not very tangible because right. it, they don't know. Even if the, even if they succeed, they don't know what the future is going to be like for the two of them as a couple. Didn't we just talk about how that's a really big um, long distance commitment? <laughs> Yes. Like, you know? <laughs> yes. I agree. <clears throat> yeah. So, so I chose yours? two songs. And okay. um, 
my age is going to show again. <laughs> it's okay because I'm older than you are, so it's fine. It's fine. <laughs> so I picked Anywhere But Here by Hilary Duff, Yay. which was off her first album, Metamorphosis. And I love, love, love this song. It's so cheesy. It's ridiculous. <laughs> but I'm fine with it. I agree. You know what's funny is I I always forget that Hillary Duff made music too. Like I always think of her first as an actress and all those like cheesy right? movies. And well, then she doesn't I'm like, do music oh, yeah. uh, anymore. Too. She hasn't done anything in, in years. Um, right. Like her last album came out like five or six years ago at least. So I think it's really easy to forget that she had that whole career for a while there. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So the lyrics that I think work really well are um, trying to catch your eye. Things will never look the same. Now I can't deny you're the moth and I'm the flame. There I go again. I should walk before I run. How can I explain? I can't stop what you've begun. I'm falling through the floor. I'm falling through the door, flying across the floor. When you look at me, suddenly it's clear. You're burning up my dreams. Crazy as it seems, I don't want to be anywhere but here. I could, I could like read this whole song to you guys and it would fit for their relationship, but I won't do that to you. Um, I just immediately thought of this when, when he like needed that hug, that reassurance. Cause, cause I think that he doesn't want to be anywhere that Cinder is not. Right. And it is a very, it is a very appropriate song for them. I agree. It is. Hmm. And the other one I chose was, uh, used to this by Camila Cabello. Um, for similar Mm -hmm. reasons, it's just about like adapting to going from having a, sort of having a casual relationship with someone and then it transitions into something um, much more intimate and significant and how it takes a second to adapt and get used to that. Um, And so Patreon members will get to vote for chapter titles of which one of those wins. What was your quote? Okay. So like as soon as – you know, they get there and we have that moment where Kai is like, I'm dying to kiss her and hold her. And he's gazing longingly at her. Like, I feel like from that moment, all the rest of it led up to that hug. And so I had to pick the quote that describes that hugs when she goes to him and wraps around around him. And then it says, he shut his eyes just like that. The wall was gone. His arms were eager to pull her against him. I just love that. It's like in one second, everything <laughs> melted away and everything was so much better. I agree. So much better. And, and I love that. Like it's a, it's another look at young relationships. Another right. look at like the difference between like, like how certain people have certain relationship aspects, like, between the two of them. And we don't get to see Cinder's perspective from this chapter, but I think it I think she's probably having a similar reaction. But it's right, I agree. For Kai, he was separated from things that brought him happiness for a very long time. His mother died, his father died, the war was hanging over his head. The one girl he liked turned out to be a lunar cyborg fugitive crazy person. Like so <laughs> a lot of the things in his life that brought him joy were kind of kind of ripped away from him. And Cinder is one of the things that brings him joy. And so these last three days without her 
have been probably a lot harder than he had anticipated because it's only three days and they they haven't been together for very long. Right. And yet that one moment where she that where that wall finally comes down and it like uh it fills him back with that same joy and it's just such a sweet little moment for the two of them. Yeah, I love it. What was your quote? The words waited with faith and trust and sacrifices Kai wasn't ready to think about just yet. Hmm. Hmm. I just, I don't know. How cheesy can I be in one episode, you guys? (laughs) Everything we've already said. Swoon, okay? Just swoon. Kai, cinder, equals love forever. Oh, yes. I love it. I feel like I should be in like the 90s right now and be like doodling in my Lisa Frank notebook and Lisa do like K with your gel pens. With the heart around it. Yes. Yes. With my gel, gel pens and my stickers everywhere. Oh my gosh. God, I would <laughs> and love right to. right now, all of your- I feel like I definitely need like a Lisa Frank party. <laughs> do you know, wait, do you know like Lisa Frank stuff is coming back? I, I saw that at Target was, the other day and I was shocked. Yes. And they have them at Walmart too. Listen to this. Walmart. um, Okay. So Walmart only puts it out at the start of the school year, like when they put their school supplies out. Um, But they, this year, the past few years, they've been selling Lisa Frank notebooks, which I've totally bought for myself. And um, this year, now I did not buy this, but listen to what they did. They had a packet. Um, together where you could get Lisa Frank notebooks. They also put in there, are you ready for this? A trapper keeper. A trapper keeper. I love it. I was like, what? (laughs) And there's this like company that is selling Lisa Frank inspired nail polishes. And Lisa Frank stuff is really making a comeback. I got some Lisa Frank stickers at a Dollar General one day. I was like, these are awesome. I'm totally buying these. I love that. I love that. Bringing back the 90s. Especially since I'm over here with all these uh, with all these Backstreet Boys songs. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Meanwhile, your 13-year-old listeners are all like, who is Lisa Frank right now? At least Hillary Duff is still relevant. Like, Yes. Yes, she is. You know? At least, at least they, they won't think I'm a million years old because of Hillary Duff. That's the important yes. thing. <laughs> so this week, the bonus word hair appeared twice. Captain appeared 10 times. And yes. there weren't any Easter eggs. Next week, we're going to cover chapters 18. Not next week. Sorry. Remember, I'm doing episodes every other week until I graduate. Um, so in two weeks, we will cover winter chapters 18 and 19. And don't forget... If you want to participate in the Gilded Launch Party on November 2nd at 8 p.m. Central, you can visit patreon.com slash princekaithampod and join for only a dollar. And if you want to submit any questions for my bonus episode with Rebecca Solaire, you can send them to princekaithampod at gmail.com. Leah, you've been on like 47 episodes, but just in case, let's take a moment (laughs) and plug YA Book Chat Podcast. Okay. Um, Just in case, you never know. I mean, you could have a brand new listener today who is never. And this was the very first episode, so they need to know who you are. 
That's right. Um, so I host YA Book Chat podcast, and it's a really fun podcast where each episode, my guest and I talk about a different young adult book. And um, I also do author interviews, and I've had some really amazing authors, including Marissa Meyer, on yes. my podcast. And um, you can find me on Instagram and Facebook, although I am most active on Instagram as YA Book Chat. And then um, I have the podcast is available pretty much on any podcast streaming service. You can find it anywhere. Um, also on Amazon Music. And yeah, that is that is that. <laughs> That's that. <laughs> so listeners, don't forget to check out Leah's podcast and her Patreon. Um, remember, yes. if you join Patreon, you'll get to be you'll get to uh, listen to that that super cool giant episode that we're doing. So that'll be fun for everybody as well. And I think that's it. Question <laughs> mark. Rate, review, and subscribe. Check out PrinceKaiFanPod.com and. Yeah, I think I said a lot of things. So I'm going to say we're done now. Sounds um, good. <laughs> <laughs> thank you, everyone, for listening. Keep reading, keep listening, and don't get glamored. Bye. Don't get glamored. <laughs> the passages read for you today are from Winter by Marissa Meyer. This podcast is hosted and produced by Bethany Finger. Today's special guest was Leah from YA Book Chat Podcast. The intro-outro music was composed by Emma Pavo, and the logo art was created by Sunlit Tangles on Instagram. Thank you for listening. When we got Verizon 5G home internet, it sounded like it could handle all our needs. But one thing it couldn't handle was our frustration. And hey, we deserve reliable internet. It's time for better internet. Fast, reliable internet. Switch to Xfinity. Learn more at Xfinity.com slash Verizon 5G facts.